0: Welcome guys to Full 10 Yards. It's another edition of Kieran's Corner, your team, your say. And this week I have Raj with me to talk the Miami Dolphins. How are you doing, Raj?
1: Yeah, all good. Thanks, Kieran.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a fun one today. A team that I was very, very big on last year. Had a lot of fun watching them. But without further ado, let's roll the intro. It's Kieran's Corner. Kick
1: it and go. Kick it and kick it and go. <laughs> Been moving zones, I I put on a I had to kick it off.
0: With the very loud and very fun intro out of the way, let's start at the most logical point, and that is last season, Raj. I throw this up on screen so you can see that as well. How do you think last year went? And let's start at, you know, week one, as we didn't have a preseason. How how did you start out the year feeling?
1: So before the season started, obviously with how the draft went, drafting our next next quarterback and um and how we're still having fits there and looking at how the roster sort of played out in terms of the free agency signings, especially on defense. Um, I had us going at about seven and nine, uh, eight and eight at best, um, which is obviously a, a big improvement from the five and 10 season, uh, which uh, Flores first um, was coaching. Um, so getting to 10 and six and being in a chance with the playoffs, um, it was, it was beyond my expectations. And, and even more so, thinking that Tua was going to redshirt last year, him actually getting some meaningful reps as a starter, playing nine games. Obviously, everyone knows there's been ups and downs, and and, and rookie sort of uh, rookie areas that a lot of rookie quarterbacks do encounter. Obviously, there's always going to be the comparison between him and Herbert and, and Burrow in this draft, especially with Tua and Herbert, because obviously Tua went at five and Herbert went at six. Um, but it was beyond my expectations, um, and I think I think what it really showed is the foundations are really being set in, down in South Beach, whereby now playoffs are a real, real um, consideration this year.
0: Yeah, well, let's actually talk about Tua for a bit before before we get on to my favourite part of this Miami Dolphins team, which is actually the defence. He didn't do too bad as a starter, especially in the terms of how rookies play. I mean, I'll put this up on screen for you now. He's 6-3 and three record. Uh, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 64.1% completion rate, which is very, very good for a rookie quarterback. 1,800 yards at 87.1 quarterback rating, 6.3 yards gained per attempt, 8 yards per attempt of only 3.6, which was towards the lower part, uh, and 53 bad throws, which is actually 7th in the NFL. But how do you think he did given the circumstances and just kind of kind of being put in there at the end of the season? And how do you think he dealt with being benched as well?
1: So one of the things you have to really understand this year is Tua came back from a a devastating injury, a career threatening injury, um, had no off season and literally after I think it was after week six, um, got thrown straight into the fire. And, and you have to understand, as a rookie, not having those elements in place the offseason and coming back from that serious injury, um, how you judge him, it's it sort of, it, it's very difficult because everyone knows the NFL is so different from college. And um, he showed flashes, uh, the Arizona game in particular, absolutely outstanding. The second half versus Kansas City, absolutely outstanding. But obviously people... Th- or, Think about the Denver game where he got benched for uh, Fitz. The Raiders game where he got benched for Fitz, and Fitz came back to lead the Dolphins to a win um, with that unbelievable throw at the end to Mac Hollins. Um, and then obviously yeah, the Buffalo yeah, game.
0: This one was uh, a lot of fun. Great still picture <laughs> there as well of that throw. Uh,
1: unbelievable! It was. I think it was about four thirty a.m. In, in the in the morning and. My wife was fast asleep, and I couldn't help but just absolutely go ballistic when he threw that throw to Mac Hollins. Um, and then the stats you show there—the five interceptions, a lot of them were in the last game, whereby he was throwing his his wide receiver core uh, on the last game was Mac Hollins, Isaiah Ford, Lynn Bowden. and I'm sorry, but there's a I like Lynn Bowden, but th- that 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 whole wide receiving core you ask any NFL quarterback to try and throw to those guys and it's going to be very difficult and and being so far down in that game Tua had to go out of his usual mindset and um start slinging it and be a, a, a Fitzpatrick he's not a gunslinger he's he relies on his accuracy timing um his his sort of awareness in terms of uh sort of seeing seeing guys in space he's not a of one of those guys which fits is whereby he'll throw ball after ball to to his receivers and say, right, go jump and get it. I, I trust you to make the play. He likes to see his receivers in space, and then he'll pick pick the secondary apart and put it into that space. You just have to look at that Arizona game, for example. He went toe to toe with Kyler Murray, and he came out better than Kyler Murray in Arizona. Um, and and it's it's all about sort of weapons for him this year. it's it, The weapons aren't good enough in in, in Miami this year. Um, well, last year and this year, it's all about getting him the weapons to prove himself that, yeah, he is ready to be Miami's starting quarterback. We've been crying out for a quarterback for God knows how many years. Obviously, there's a, a bit of pill to swallow seeing Tannehill do so well in Tennessee and, and obviously how we how we mismanaged him down in, in South Beach. Um, but we, we know when his Alabama days, he has got the talent, um, give him an offseason, give him weapons. And we can see exactly how good Tua Bailoa is.
0: Yeah, do do you feel like you've kind of come out from underneath a cloud of sadness now that Adam Gase is gone? Because we've seen how terrible he's done in New York and after he did terrible in Miami. And it kind of shows that a recommendation from one of the Manning brothers really goes a long way. But do you feel like Flores has... I felt like he deserved Coach of the Year. Personally, he was up, he was up there for me because the way he turned this team around. Do you think any other coach could have possibly turned the team around in the way Coach Flores did this year?
1: Well, when you when you say that, you have to look at the journey. For when Coach Flores joined Miami, what happened with by whereby the roster got absolutely decimated? We were working with players off the street um, and and the first two games where we got absolutely blitzed by Baltimore and the second game where we got blitzed by New England, you were thinking, right, we've got a defensive coach here. I think we lost, we conceded about over 110 points in those two games. When you look at it from then to now and look at the progression, you look at the way that the players buy into him. You have to look at the Bengals game last year where uh, Jakeem Grant got absolutely pummeled, not once but twice. And Flores doing his uh, well. Uh, some of the Miami fans call him Stone Cold Brian Flores. He, he comes out on the pitch, pitch like Stone Cold Steve Austin, and um, and is is give, is really protecting his players. And players see that and they buy into it. And he has got everyone on board. This is the first time in a long time that there's no controversy at the GM level as well, because you can see the GM and the coach are working in sync. It is just. It, it feels weird that there's no controversy in Miami, um, and 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 Flores is doing it his way. I think I think one of the things that you have to remember is a lot of the Belichick disciples try and do it the Belichick way, whereas Flores is doing it his own way. He has got his stamp all over that Miami team, um, and yeah, people may say, um, okay, he's he's chopped and changed his offensive coordinators, and he hasn't got that settled yet, but the Miami fans have seen two years worth of what he's doing and there is trust 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 there and we haven't had that trust in in a head coach in a long long time
0: and I think arguably now the the task on him is you you've gone from the AFC East was kind of a laughing stock for a little bit and everyone kind of blamed that for why the Patriots were so good every year and why they made the playoffs every year but I think now in terms of the Signing the Patriots have made and how good the Buffalo Bills have been, you might be in one of the most stacked divisions in the AFC East at this point. Uh, and I think that's really. Coach Flores is going to really, you know, flourish if he can bring this Miami team to the playoffs again, because I do believe your roster is strong enough to make a Super Bowl run within the next year or two. I don't think that's. Outside of possibility, the defense is absolutely crazy. And that's I think what Flores brought in. He was a defensive coordinator in the Patriots. If you look at some of the defensive stats here, your third in uh third down conversions, your defense stopping points against sixth, and one score game record is three and four, which is tight. But I think that's mainly down to the offense. How did you feel seeing this defense come out this year? Because they absolutely crushed people.
1: They they were balling. And and the thing is, it's there's two facets to this defense. There is the the turnover machines that the defense is. So obviously everyone looks at Xavier Howard. How he did not get defensive player of the year, I do not understand because if Stefan Gilmore got uh, defensive player of the year the year before with less interceptions, um how did Howard not get it this year? I I, I don't get it. Cornerback for me is a much more difficult position to play in this in the current NFL than getting sacks and pressures uh, from what. I what, agree. What,
0: I would I would have given him that award one hundred percent.
1: Definitely, but the, then you, you, you're getting plays out. Of Byron Jones is getting interceptions. Byron Jones didn't get interceptions in Dallas in in Dallas. He's doing that now. You, we're, getting, uh, from, uh, we're getting plays from Andrew Van Ginkel. We're getting plays from. Ogba, who, who has not performed at, at, at the Browns, and, and and then he comes out, comes out, comes to Miami, and he's performs, I think, as a nine sack season, and and it, it, even sort of the, the young guys we brought in, in terms of Raquan Davis and, and and the likes of um, uh, Jerome Baker stepping up, it's it's just like it is it is so exciting, and it's it's so exciting in the fact that okay, we've lost a couple players in free agency this year in terms of Van Noy and Lawson. But I don't see – I'm not panicking because I trust Flores in his defence. I trust uh, Boyer in his defence. And, 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 and the way that Miami works is that, that secondary runs that defence because by, by how well they cover in man coverage, basically a lot of the sacks we make are covered sacks. Um, so that gives, that gives the, the, uh, the pass rushers time to get to the quarterback. And and it is so creative as well, that defence. You look at the number of third down plays we made on defence and you looked at the line of scrimmage and there was linebackers and pass rushers moving around left, right and centre, safeties, corners. You did not know what package Flores and, and, and Boyer were going were gonna to present on third downs. The case in point is, is Jared Goff against uh, when the Rams visited uh, Miami last year. He did not know what to do. At all when, um, when, when uh, <laughs> he got crushed,
0: bless him. It,
1: it, he was, he was seeing well, obviously, see the seeing ghost comment is, is a Sam Darnold comment, but I thought I think Jared Goff was seeing ghosts as well because it just t- took him back to when the Rams played the Patriots role and and Forrest had his number and he he had his number again, and even worse because that the interceptions, the, the, the packages that were that were being, that were being put forward by. By uh, by Flores, it was just it was crazy, and we would have been first in the NFL in our defense if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for the last game against the Buffalo Bills, where it was just Josh Allen was doing Josh Allen things, unfortunately. But that defense is is unbelievable, and I, I trust them to get even better, even though we've lost a couple of players. Flores knows what he, what he's doing on that side of the ball for sure.
0: Yeah, well, Flores kind of. You know, he comes from that Belichick coaching tree and you see things Belichick does like JC Jackson, undrafted free agent comes in. Biggest Pro Bowl snub in a while, I think, last year. Uh, And then Flores brings in Byron Jones, who had been kind of less than impressive at Dallas. And he had a hell of a season out there alongside Xavier Howard. But we will look at the free agent list now in terms of who you've brought in and who you've lost. I mean, the biggest loss for you guys, I think personally, would be Kyle Van Noy. But I feel like, was that was that cut done for cap space or, or something else?
1: Not a lot of news has really come out, but I, I think it's due to cap space. We had we had quite a bit of cap already, but I think you have to be forward-thinking as an organisation, whereby next year, we're going to have to pay the likes of Mike Gacicchi and, and Jerome Baker. Um, and obviously, because of our draft picks, um, you're going to have to sign all these rookies as well. And with the rumours that the draft really starts at three and our Miami going to stay at three, which is obviously highly unlikely, you need that cap space as well to, to, to draft all your rookies. So, yes, Karl Bandler will be missed. He was, a, even though he was only down in Miami for one well, one season, you could tell he was a captain. He's the lead in that defense. His experience was was undeniable. His He was... Coach Flores' guy in that defense, you, you knew if there was one guy um, that Coach Flores could trust, it was Carl Van Noy. But it was a big contract, um, and and the, well, the way the contract was structured, um, Miami did not don't take too much of a hit, which is which is again good planning from our GM, which we haven't had in a very long time. You look at who we've had in the past, in the likes of Mike Tannenbaum and Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland, obviously, coincidentally, has done a really good job in New Orleans, but. Um, Miami used to be the place for the big, big free agent splashes, but now it's a very, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine now. Um, and 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 unfortunately, Van Noy has been cut, but I trust the likes of Van Ginkel to step up. Um, I trust that the, the you have to remember Van Noy was injured for part of last season as well, so he didn't play a full 16 game season, and that allowed the likes of Jerome Baker to step up into a captaincy position. I felt uh, Van Ginkel to come in. Um, you're gonna, you're going to get um probably a, a couple guys in the draft um, we've got Bernard McKinney as well um so and, and and the packages that Flores would would is is going to dial up it, it's I, I don't think he will be missed but i i don't think it will be as big as some Miami fans think um, and i'm I, i'm i'm positive that Flores knows what he what he's doing especially on the defensive side so um yeah it's a big loss but i'm sure I'm sure we will make up for it in, in, in both the draft and, and us our, our some of our younger players stepping up to the plate.
0: Yeah, because I was gonna say, um I'm in a bunch of Patriots group chats and obviously and the first thing we thought when he came back uh and we signed him was like, Wow, we kept the fourth pick as well. We kind of finessed the Dolphins and we were kind of confused as to why you let him go. But let's talk about some of the notable signings here. There's only, we've only got five up on screen. So we'll go over these quickly and and what you think of them. But first off, Will Fuller, how do you feel, feel about that sign? Do you think that's a good weapon for Tua?
1: Tua needs receivers that create separation and there are no receivers apart from Jakeem Grant who create separation. Now the problem with Jakeem Grant is he can't catch a ball. Um, and that's being kind. Um, and Will Fuller, if you keep Will Fuller fit and healthy, which is the big if, but last season he, last season he proved it. Um, he he had a, a a sneaky, very very good season last season, and he is going to be that deep threat, um, the separation guy in Miami that Tua really needs. At the minute, our receivers with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, they don't separate, and that's why Fitz. Um, really, really sort of enjoyed his, his renaissance in Miami because he had guys that were literally contested catch, jump ball uh, receivers that um, were go up and get it guys. Whereas Tua, as you saw in Alabama, he needs guys that are separate, uh, guys that can separate are are, are free um, uh, and available to him for him to really to really um, perform and, and to, to really see who the real Tua Tungabailua is.
0: Yeah. Well. You know, that's the biggest adjustment for a lot of quarterbacks, especially guys like Tua Tagovailoa, who have played with a track team at Alabama, is just getting used to throwing the balls into tighter windows and having to throw their receivers open a little more. Uh, And I think that's actually a good thing that you've signed in Jacoby Pissette, a veteran quarterback who has had... Some success around the league. I don't think he's ever been a starting level, but he he showed flashes, especially when he started for the Patriots when Tom Brady was unfortunately suspended. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good influence on Tua Tagovailoa going down the road. He's obviously a very good quarterback, and I think that growth with a veteran like Jacoby would help him. How do you feel about running back Malcolm Brown and then center Matt Scura coming in after obviously losing Ted Karras?
1: Yeah, so. Um- with uh, Malcolm Brown, I think it is, with that signing, I think it's clear that we're going to be drafting a running back either in the late first or early second. Um, he is that sort of violent um, goal line back that we thought we would get with Jordan Howard last year. Um, and and it, it is, it's kind of a guy that we need, it's that thunder and lightning complement, because we have the lightning in, in Sabon Ahmed and, and especially Mars um, Gaskin, but we don't have the thunder. Um, and Malcolm Brown is probably your RB, RB2 currently behind Gaskin but then if if we were to draft a Najee Harris or a Javante Williams he would be the RB3 but at, as you see in in today's NFL running backs go down McCaffrey went down all, all, all last year and you have someone like Mike Davis who is a completely different player but um, very useful in that in, in, in Carolina last year and, and you need that depth and he 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 was he was decent in 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 uh, LA. Not many miles on the clock because he was always in a committee, um, and it's not a big contract. So all for it if it doesn't work out. There'll be plenty of people on the street this year because of of the how the, how the salary cap is. So he could always pick up another another running back. With regards to Matt score obviously there was a lot of rumors about David Andrews coming, um, and um, obviously Take Um <laughs> Everyone will look at some tape last year of Matt Skoura actually snapping the ball. He he, uh, he did make a few mistakes last year, but it's a cheap contract. Um, he 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 is actually graded very highly on his on his uh, I think pass blocking uh, last year. So and, and and with the contract he's on, it's a very cheap addition. Miami were not going the traditional Miami route of um, of a big free agent tickets this year. they were being very sensible and clever with how they were using their cap um, and. I think from the start as well. Running back and center has been the two, what two of probably the three or four biggest needs from for the Dolphins this year. Um, I know a lot of fans um, would like to see Creed Humphrey uh, down in Miami, um, and he was in the Senior Bowl um, roster for the Dolphins. Um, so I, I can see a center being drafted as well. But you always need depth in these positions. People people go down through the season. Um, and uh, Screw will be, again, a solid signing. Um, but if we do draft someone, don't be surprised if, um, if if he's competition. And also we have Michael Dieter as well, who can play guard and centre as well. So there's depth there. Um, and um, I like what we've done. It's very un like but it feels kind of good, to be honest, because um, unlike you guys, obviously you're the off-season champs at the minute. So um, Super Bowl... The next Super Bowl is obviously incoming with all the signings that you've made. Uh, Aguilar's going to be a 1,500-yard receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, um,
0: I mean, you're assuming that, Cam can throw for 1,500 yards in a season at this point.
1: Um, that's a very good question, but it could be Mac Jones who they could be throwing that. You never know. <laughs> or, or or Kyle Trask or, or whoever. Um, but um, it's actually kind of good that Miami are not the... The off-season winners for a change because you look at the likes of years past with when we signed mike wallace as the big free agent ticket wide receiver and Domican and sue when uh, when we signed him from detroit on that big massive contract
0: reggie bush you
1: know, reggie bush I'll, that was my first shirt reggie bush but um he, he was he was he was very good in Miami I, I was I was sad to see him go but we're not the off-season champs this year and I actually feel kind of good about that going under the radar.
0: Yeah, I think I think once again that's just what Flores is gonna bring to you guys. He knows he, he, he might sign a what seems like an inconsequential player, but that guy is going to make a very important play when he's needed because Flores got him for the exact situation that will eventually crop up throughout the season. We see it all the time with coaches like Flores who who are kind of geniuses and also almost savants when it comes to defensive football. But with these free agent signings out of the way, what are you kind of expecting going forward for the next couple of years for the Miami Dolphins?
1: So I I think this year's draft is absolutely critical because um, we've got that ammunition to do what we want in the draft. Um, and it's all about picking the right players for for our growth. Um, now, obviously, the stats you put up earlier, our defence was elite, and there's no getting away from that. But our offence was um, ranked in the, in, in, the, in the bottom quarter of the NFL. Ideally, I wouldn't mind a reversion to the mean whereby maybe the defence isn't one of the top defences and maybe just in the top 10. But as a consequence, our offence makes the leap and gets into, the into say, the top 15, for example. Um, if the defence stays in the top five, brilliant. But I think there's that balance that maybe needs to be there to get the offence up to that level, whereby um, we have to compete with the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> we were, all these years, it was all about beating the Patriots to win the division. We get rid of the patriots and the bills come along so we have to beat the bills and we cannot beat the bills because they absolutely wallop us every single time so that is what our roster needs to do we need to beat the bills how we do that with with the best defense that hasn't happened because josh allen's been ripping us apart so the second way to do that is to go toe-to-toe with them and if they score seven we've got to score seven because if do if, if we don't score when they score they will very quickly blow us out um, and as you saw from the last game at the end of last season it was game over with it midway through the second quarter so it's um we have to build our roster for the next couple of years to beat the bills and that is going to be very very tough because their roster is stacked and um their head coach and their gm very similar they work in sync like the, like the Miami guys do um but this year's draft is key and, and, and the best teams build through the draft. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens this year.
0: Yeah, it's been frustrating, actually, as a Patriots fan to see two teams that should ordinarily be my rivals play such great football. I've loved watching Miami's defence last year. I said before the season and some people laughed at me. I think Andy was maybe the only person who agreed with me, but maybe not to the extent when I said Miami were going to have a top eight defence. And that was just my way of saying they're in the top ten, no question. But where? Not sure. They ended up, you know, surpassing even my expectations, I think. And then, obviously, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. He has looked nothing short of fantastic, and I can't wait to see the Dolphins and the Bills have this. I feel like your rivalry is going to get a lot more intense over the next few years because you're going to have Josh Allen, you're going to have Tua, you're going to have these two kind of brutal defenses going up against each other, and it's going to be an absolute shootout. So I am very excited for that. But in terms of playoff hopes, how how, how do you see? Do you see you guys making a playoff run next year behind Tua or do you feel like he needs another year to kind of develop and get used to it a bit more?
1: It, it, it's, it's all dependent on the weapons we get. Um, our our defence took us to 10-6 and six last year, to be frank. If our defence can can play on a similar level, but our offence steps up, there is no doubt that we can make the playoffs. If you, Our 10-6 and six record would have easily made the playoffs in the NFC. In the AFC, it was a freaky season whereby there was a lot of good playoff teams with very good records. There, was, there wasn't there was really many middling teams. There was a lot of good teams and a lot of bad teams. Um, and that was a result. 10 and 6 would usually get you into the playoffs, but it didn't. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I never expected us to get into the playoffs, like I said earlier, at the start of last season. Um, to get where to where we did, that's our foundation now. We have to beat 10 and 6. Um, and the only way we can do that is our offense has got to be better. Um, and if we draft well, if um, if uh, obviously we haven't made too many flashy free agent signings, but if we can keep Will Fuller fit, um, you never know there might be some trades coming in the pipeline as well with players going in and out. Don't be surprised if there's a, a big trade for um, I don't know the Laramie Tunsil trade was out of the blue. Who knows whether a similar trade could happen to Xavier and Howard? Who knows? This is like, Miami is so watertight with keeping things in House. It is. It is, a, it is like a secret service down there. And um, it's exciting as a fan. And um, we can make the playoffs for sure. Um, and we've seen it with Tua. Tua's done it on the, on, on the bigger stage in college. Why can't he do it on the biggest stage in the NFL?
0: Exactly. And Inter talked about trades there. There seemed to be a real big split down the Dolphins fan base about a potential Deshaun Watson trade. And without creating too much controversy, which side of the fence did you land on in that debate?
1: So, I actually think it's a win-win scenario in either case. However, when was the last time a top five quarterback was available for trade? And when was the last time Miami had the ammunition to do whatever they wanted to get their quarterback? We have been searching for a quarterback for how many years? and if the player is out there, I, th- I think you've got to go and get him. You, you've got to be bold. You've seen you've seen it on tape. You've seen it. He's done it in the NFL. He was one of the top ranked quarterbacks last year in a four and twelve team with absolute garbage in front of him. Imagine what he does with a, a, a semi decent roster and the ability to sort of be himself. Because obviously, you know, as, as the stories of uh, as the stories of sort of. Piped up with the whole how Easterby runs the show and the the, the player uh, disconnect etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I, th- I think you just got to do it. He, he, who's above him in the NFL, Mahomes, Rogers. That's about it, really.
0: Uh, yeah, I think he's he's easily top three. I mean, last year his whole roster was stripped away from him. His best receiver has gone. He had one of his best assist statistical years. I mean, thirty three touchdowns, seven picks, just shy of five thousand yards. I mean, that's special. And and even though it would have been kind of bad to tour to just fuck him off to Houston and, and potentially have him struggle there and, and probably be out of the NFL within five years. I thought you would have been crazy not to go for it. I think any team that isn't maybe the Chiefs, Bill, and teams like that would have been crazy not to go for it. So, But seeing that from the outside perspective was crazy. The only reason I didn't want the Dolphins to go for it is because you're in our division and we would have... I don't want to play to Sean Watson twice a year. I don't think anyone does. So, yeah, it, it would it would have been crazy.
1: And let me just say that I wanted to have come out of the draft last year. So I, I, I love I, I love to. I, I think you, you have to take last year in isolation in terms of, like I said, no off-season and, and just thrown straight into the fire, et cetera, et cetera. But how many times does a course back like that at 25 years old become available for trade? Like, it hardly – I can't remember it happening. And you, you've just got to do it. You've just got to do it.
0: And to put it in perspective, Joe is 24. So, and he's yeah. just come into the league. So this guy's already got a ton of experience. And with the team you guys could potentially put around him, you would be looking at probably one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year. And, and next year, I've, I've gone very favourable in Miami. I've got you going 12-5 and because obviously we've got the extra game coming in. Is that sort of your expectation as well? A couple more wins than last year and maybe just enough to tip you into that you know, uh, playoff spot?
1: I think that sounds reasonable. I think I think what we've got to do is we've got to challenge the Bills the top spot. Um, I think we can do it. Um, obviously, Buffalo are a little bit ahead of us. But like I've said, we have the ammunition in the draft. Or if we trade for Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson versus Josh Allen, two comparable quarterbacks going toe for toe. Um, there's no reason why we can't get 11 or 12 wins. Um, we have the coaching. The the big question mark is how our offensive coordinator situation is going to work with dual offensive coordinators, um, with uh, Studsville and Godsey, um, which is not in the NFL. There's no other co-offensive coordinators. But what I suspect will happen is uh, you have to remember Flores is not a defensive guy. Flores is a scouting special teams offense and defensive guy that is where he learned his trade he's learned his trade across all the facets of an nfl nfl built nfl team so i can see him getting a li- little bit more sort of hands on with the offense knowing that he can rely on josh boyer to just coach the hell out of the defense and he was giving him the play calling last year so flores i think he trusted Chang-Galey last year it didn't work out because changeli is very much a fits guy This year, I think he's going to get more involved in the offence and um, work alongside Studsfield and Godsey and can see us getting over 10 wins this season. I can see 11 or 12 for sure.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. But let's take it back a few years. And how did you become a fan of the Dolphins? Because I have noticed they are a very popular team at home in the UK. Now, where I am in the US, people very much local teams, being in Ohio, Cincinnati specifically. I see a lot of Bengals one brave soul flies a cleveland browns flag just a block over and you you see a lot of steelers fans and stuff but how how did you first become a fan of the miami dolphins
1: so it was on a, a holiday back in 2012 so it was my uh, my 21st birthday i um, obviously now I'm giving my giving my age away now which is a which is a bad sign but uh, but 21st birthday and uh, we were, it was a uh, trip down to miami and um the Dolphins were playing that weekend, so I thought I'm really into my sport anyway. But I've never really got into football. I thought, "Oh, gone, let's go, let's go and watch the Dolphins." I did go and see the Bucks a few years earlier in a preseason game, but I didn't really sort of feel it. It wasn't something I was invested in.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're uh, gonna get that from a preseason game. I don't, I don't think no, the energy is quite there.
1: No, when the most exciting thing was a um, a pirate ship on in the side of the stadium shooting out T-shirts and water bottles, etc., etc. Then obviously it showed that I wasn't really infused with the game. But it was a it was a regular season game in 2012, um, Dolphins versus Raiders. Tannehill's first season in um, in Miami, um, and I think it was 38, 38, 21 or something like that? It was it was it was a, it was a blowout win. Reggie Bush was electric that day first jersey was reggie bush and it was then when i just fell in love with them. um and it was a case of right when you fall in love with it with the sports team you want to learn about them you want to sort of if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in them you invest them full time and ever since then really it's just become a passion it it's sort of sundays thursdays w- 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 Whatever, whatever, the, whatever the time is, I'm up watching the dolphins. Um, I even made sure my stag do was down in Miami. Who doesn't want to go to Miami? Come on, would you? Miami or Jacksonville or, or Miami or Tampa? Come on, like South Beach is a place to be. Sorry, sorry, oh, no state. Sorry, no, sta- no state sorry, Tampa
0: income in tax. It's beautiful.
1: No, no state income tax. Miami <laughs> Beach, South Beach, margaritas, like. Uh, oh, you cannot beat Miami. I'm sorry for every other city in in, in America, but Miami is a place to be. Um, and then that love just just continued continued. Obviously, they are regularly in the international series, so they do come over quite a lot. So every game, every game that's been here, I've been there. Um, and and yeah, I'm just I'm just fully invested in this team, and and it, it, it's the first time now where you're actually proud to be a Miami Dolphin, not a laughing stock, because. In the main, the Miami Dolphins have always been a laughing stock since Marino since Marino left, um, and now it's we're relevant nationally now, and it's been a very very long time since that happened.
0: Yeah, it's been great to watch as well. I love watching teams elevate. Like I said, even though you're in my division, it was great seeing what Flores has accomplished. Even great to see what the Buffalo Bills have accomplished. I was very very high on Josh, Josh Allen pre-draft but I was high on Josh Rosen too so you know you do miss on some occasionally Uh, but I have noticed that every British fan I speak to like I said we are very in for a penny in for a pound when it comes to sports teams we're not throwing the game on in the background I think that's also a consequence of the timing we've got a lot of guys you, you know as many as I do who stay up till four in the morning sometimes to slog through games. And I can tell you, that's the only advantage of moving to America is that I can still get to bed at a sensible time, unless they're playing on the West Coast, in which case sometimes it does take me till about 2 a.m. to get to bed. Um, But yeah, it's just everyone seems to... Every, the game is growing in the uk and that's what i really love and a, a question that really splits the fan base in the uk especially is how far away do you think we are from potentially getting our own franchise in the uk
1: i think it's very close um you have to see obviously the rumors are that the jags are the, are the potential franchise and, and the owner shag khan is is owner of the uh of Fulham football club so he's already got his paws into sports teams um uh, and it just makes sense. The game is growing here exponentially. It's so popular. Every international series game is fully, it's full 87,000 in Wembley. Obviously, we've got the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that is catered for the NFL. Um, obviously, logistically, it's going to be a bit different. Uh, if there was a franchise in London or in the UK, do you play eight home games and then eight away games, or was it eight and nine now with the extra game? um so that i think that's the hardest part especially if you're a west coast team for example it's a good 11 12 hour flight so um i think that's the biggest hurdle but i think as the NFL, the nfl they they're all about growing their game you look at they're, they're looking at obviously they have played games in mexico but the uk is by far their their second biggest hub in terms of a fan base and like you said when a uk fan is all in on a sports team they are all in um, and I I can see you look, you look, obviously it might change this season with the, with Trevor Lawrence being down in, in Jacksonville. Then you might get full stadiums, but you will get a full stadium every week if the Jags were in, were in London or in the UK for sure.
0: Which, which is, I know people talk about the travel a lot, but if you think about it, Hawaii, a college team, is 4,000-ish miles off the US mainland, give or take. And they make that travel for a college, not even a good college team. I mean, they're division one, but they're not good. And they make that journey very regularly during the season. And teams make journeys out there. I just think you would have to do it because of the time zones. You'd probably have to do it with maybe like you have four home games in a row or whatever. And then you play four road games in a row. Or potentially you have like maybe a stadium in the US that you play at home uh, for a two or three games a season, just so you don't have to do all the extra flying, And obviously it's going to be hard to convince players to go to a team that's on the other side of the world, essentially. Um, but yeah, I think we're close. The Tottenham Hotspur pitch being built with an NFL pitch underneath it was actually very, very important. They made a lot of accommodations there for football. And I, I think potentially. Would you like to see it remain the Jags if they moved? Or do you think we should bring back the London Monarchs or maybe a new team name?
1: <laughs> I, I I I'm not I'm not really fussed to be honest. Whatever they call it, they could they could call it. I don't, I don't know. There's 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 plenty of puns going around. What London? Well, take take the Lions out of Detroit and call them the London Lions. There you go.
0: Let's 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 do that. I would uh, uh, rather, uh, rather that not will have make that bad. But
1: yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it could be the London Jags. As long as it's not something like really corny, like London scones or like. London cup of tea, for example, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, <laughs> let's let's let us see let's see where we are with uh, with the naming. But I don't think it would really care to be honest. Because uh, um, well, it would probably be the Jags, anyway. To be honest, if Shad Khan's going to be the owner, then obviously he'll just transfer that name over across.
0: Yeah, that that does pose the question, though. Would you ditch the blue and orange for new colours if if a team came to the UK?
1: All right. Let me have a think about that. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: absolutely not. Um, it's it, it's Miami Dolphins, um, Miami Dolphins, Miami
0: Dolphins, and that's it. What, what I, do I you think went to beating the Dolphins on a regular basis. It Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I, I I
1: I I'm used to the Dolphins being shit. So, it, like, I, I my 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 genes are are always expecting the worst. So, even if we go zero and seventeen. I'm used to it. It's fine. If if we get six to eight wins, it's fine. I'm used to it. If we get like last season, it, we got ten wins, and it was a bit. It was like alien territory for me. It was like we're actually really good and we're relevant. Like, what's going on here? We haven't obviously we had about one season under on gaze, but it's just felt like some outer body experience kind of thing. So.
0: Oh, sorry. I had my uh, mic accidentally muted there. But uh, yeah, I was saying I was a as a Patriots fan. I've been kind of spoiled. Like in 2019, we made the wild card round, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? No first round bye. This is shit." And then we obviously got absolutely stomped on by Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans, which was you know probably a big moment for Mike Vrabel. And then you know he said he was going to come out and cut his dick off if he won a Super Bowl. So you can definitely uh, tell he's a former Patriot there.
1: And just and just remember who put you in the wildcard round. Just 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 FYI, just fits Magic and Gasicki in in Foxborough. I'm just saying
0: that that's the thing because we normally struggle in South Beach, but trounce you in Florida. So was yeah. a, uh, that was that was a weird one that year. And obviously, I'll, I'll bring up this before we ask about your favorite memory uh, as a Dolphins fan. And I might actually already steal it, but even as a Patriots fan. The Miami miracle was incredible to watch. The, 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 you know, the, the cerebral plays that were made on that play with the, the laterals and stuff and the heads-up thinking those guys had to do, that was fun to watch. But what, what is your favourite memory uh, as a Miami Dolphins fan?
1: So it, 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 it is the Miami miracle. Um, seeing Rob Gronkowski make his one appearance as a safety and, and literally trilling through mud and trying to turn a corner and chasing Kenyon Drake. Um, uh, I, if, if I need a good pick-me-up, I'll go on YouTube and watch it and keep watching it. And I'll, I'll always see something different. I'll see the celebrations and who, like, like some of those players that aren't even on the roster now and just celebrating like absolute lunatics and, and just that, like the audacity to even attempt it. Um, it, 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 it was incredible. I, I would put second to that, and unfortunately, it is another Patriots moment was when Michael Thomas intercepted in the last, um, the last ten seconds or whatever to, to get a victory down in South Beach as well. Um, that that's up there, um, but um, it's got to be the Miami Miracle. Um, and then I'll, if I, if I can give a third one as well, it's got to be um, the Mountaineer in Flores' Flores's first season, which was the the touchdown where, is um, it Jason Sanders or was it Matt Hark? One of the two threw it to, the kicker threw it to the punter.
0: Oh, that was fun. That was a fun play.
1: Oh, where, where, where have you ever seen a Mountaineer before? I can't remember that ever happening.
0: Kick, kickers and holders need love too. And exactly everyone knows the, the story of Troy Polamalu lining up in the sea gap and, and ruin Pat McAfee's life. So it's good to see the kickers get a touch, the kickers and the holders get a touchdown for once. Uh, that was exactly. a fun play.
1: I just, I, I don't think I had either. Well, I didn't have uh, Sanders as my, uh, my fantasy kicker, but I don't know what his points would have been for throwing a touchdown. So
0: Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't, I, I I'm not super into fantasy, so I, I couldn't even tell you how that works, but maybe, maybe, uh, that would have given you a win that particular week, especially if it was kind of close. Um, but yeah, that, that's, um, yeah. that's, that's a fun moment. Uh, but with that, we come to the end of the show, unfortunately, but do you have anything to plug Raj you, you open forum for the next couple of minutes for you to plug whatever you like?
1: So, uh, first of all, I want to plug, um, the podcast that I do obviously with Kieran and, and the rest of the guys at, um, Full 10 yards, uh, CFB um great podcast whereby we talk about the draft and college players and obviously it's draft season now so if you need to know about who's who's coming out um get listening and also get purchasing the draft guide as well there's been a lot of work that's gone into it see the full uh 10 yards um uh, twitter handle um and you will be able to purchase a draft guide um also to follow me it's the underscore garch um and there you'll see a lot of content on, on obviously the draft uh the dolphins um and other sports as well that i'm into as well so um get following get purchasing and keep listening
0: yeah that that was uh that's pretty much my plugs as well uh <laughs> at the himbo f10y on the twitter obviously like raj said we got the draft guide it's out now and it is absolutely fantastic have, have you enjoyed reading through it
1: loved it absolutely loved it um obviously I've I've come on just later on board so I've I've obviously uh, not been a part of writing it but just just reading through you guys analysis there's going to be obviously agreements and disagreements of where we where we rank players but that's all part of the conversation Um, and it's a great read at a great price and for anyone that wants to get prepared for draft night because in my opinion draft night is the best night of the year um get the get the draft guide and um Get it ready for for when when your team picks
0: and you can even check out the corners for some very spicy elijah molden takes from myself but with uh (laughs) that's all for now guys and like always thanks to raj for coming on the show and we will see you guys in the next one goodbye